0: In the mighty name of Jesus, our text is taken from Mark chapter 5, from verse 1 to 42. We're going to read together, it's going to be on the screen, Mark chapter 5, 1, 21 to 42. We are reading from the New Living Translation, Mark 5, 21 to 42 a very interesting story. So, just stay engaged as we read. There's a tendency to want to let your mind go off on a particular part of the story, but stay engaged as we read. Let's read together. One, two, go. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him, while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her. So so And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal, care of many doctors, and had spent And yet you can ask, "Who touched me?" But Jesus kept looking around see done. then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him, "Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering." While Jesus was still speaking, some people came the synagogue leader, your daughter is dead, he said. My brother. Over him, Jesus. Jesus. I believe. said Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, Wendy, Jesus saw a commotion. People crying and wailing loudly. Went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not there but asleep. But they laughed him, and after he put all of them out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by hand and said to her, Tahitakum, which means little girl i say to you get up arise immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around she was 12 years old at this they were completely astonished amen in the name of jesus christ of nazareth what god will do in your life people around you will be completely astonished in the mighty name of jesus you know, if you were here yesterday, Natalia was talking about Onisha Iyanu, as in the one that does wonders that the jaws drop. You know? The, the, the things that God will do in your life, the jaws will drop. You know, when jaws drop un- un- uncontrollably, you know, it's like, ah, you know? That will happen in God's family house. That will happen in your life. To the glory of God the Father. In the name of Jesus. So you see this story. Jesus was walking along. And um, a great company of people came to him. And, and Jesus, as he was going. He, he stopped and said, somebody touched me. And you know, the disciples are just amazing. And, 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 and they said to, to Jesus. With all these people. You see the people, verse 31, crowding against you, and yet you can say, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? (laughs) You know, it was like, Oh God, we know that you are spiritual, but you know, some things, this thing, people are tugging against you, they are pushing you, and you are saying, Who touched me? But you know, there is a touch, and there is a touch. Praise the name of the Lord. The touch that will Make you rise on your feet, you will come in contact with today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Arise is to get up. So, because you are going to arise today, you are going to get up on your feet. In every place, in every area, you have been crippled, you have been grounded, you are going to get up in the name of Jesus. To arise is to come into notice. I mean, this is a dictionary definition of arise. It's to come into notice. There are many people you are operating, but the people that need to promote you have not seen you. Because you will arise today, you will come into notice. In the mighty name of Jesus. For, for, For some of us, we are single. We have people around us, but they have not noticed The person that needs to marry you have not noticed. You will arise today. And you will come into notice. In the mighty name of Jesus. Yet for some of us. There are things that are around us. And we have not noticed. Because you will arise. Those things will come into notice. In the mighty name of Jesus. So that you will stop looking for in Sokoto what is in as say? To arise means to originate from a source. To originate from a source. I'm praying for you today, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that you will originate from the source of life. Everyone here that has a different origination, there's a different source. There's a different stream flowing through your life. Maybe by virtue of birth. Some of us have been born into a different stream that is not a stream of God. God is going to relocate you today in the name of Jesus. You will flow. Your life will flow from the streams of God the Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. To arise means to begin to exist. To begin to exist. To begin to exist. In every area of your life that you are alive, but you, you are not existing. It's as if, you know, some people, they are just there; they, they, they are not existing. Today, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you will begin to exist. Yeah. In, 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 in space where you are there. But your influence and your impact is not felt. Thereby you have not existed. Your influence and your impact will begin to arise. In the mighty name of Jesus. To arise is to move upwards. Is to move upwards. Every backward and downward movement in your life, comes to an end today. In the mighty name of Jesus. (laughs) Beginning from today, you begin to move forward and upward because you will arise in the mighty name of Jesus. These words that have been spoken over you, watch, they're going to come to pass. They're going to come to fruition in the mighty name of Jesus. And in life, there are things that attempt to keep us down. You know, it's like, like gravity. No matter how, I mean, a human being throws a rock, the rock is coming down, except you launch it beyond where gravitational force is. And for some of us, that has been a story. We launch, but, you know, we just launch and come down. Why? Because our launch, is, it doesn't go beyond the gravitational force. Force. today the Holy Ghost will propel you beyond the force of gravity in the mighty name of Jesus. You will go beyond everything that can pull you down. So there are things that have been designed to pull. There There are things that have been designed to keep connected to the earth as it were. To keep grounded as it were. There, 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 there was um, someone that you know, I, I, I prayed with years ago I mean, and he, he was anywhere he went he had a, in his case a mother that had remote control <laughs> you know, if you don't know spiritual things, you think those things are just in African magic you know there is remote control this guy His last trip was in Tokyo and they used remote control to bring him back to Lagos. He says he doesn't know if he just arrived in Lagos. He says he will have gotten to his village before he realizes what am I doing here? And we broke that power. And today it's totally free. They are pressing the remote control. It's not working. It's not working. Every force that has been remotely controlling you will lose this power. In the name of Jesus. It's human nature to want to control. It's human nature to want to control. I mean, how, why would a mother want to control the destiny of his son? He has to come and... Everything that has tried to hold you back will lose its power today. In the name of Jesus. And sometimes it's the opinion of men that hold us back. The opinion of men. You know, we've experienced freedom. God has set us free. The shackles are actually broken. But it's one thing for the shackles to be broken and you are free. It's another thing for you to get up and go. Today you will get up and go. And in many cases, the shackles are broken. The shackles are broken. There's no shackles anymore. But people still sit in the cell. They still sit in, in the dungeon because of the opinions of men. What will men say? If I, if I open this business, they will say that I am greedy of gain. So, so that's why you are not going to expand your business? Oh, if I, if I do X, oh, they will say, is it only her? She has come again. Oh, sorry. That's why you are going to cut your destiny short. If I stand and be all that God has called me to be, some people will be angry. They'll be jealous. Let them drown in their jealousy. Say amen. amen. You will be all that God has called you to be. Amen. You have to set yourself free from the opinions of men. It doesn't matter. Sometimes we allow the opinions of men to keep us down. Another thing that attempts to, to keep us down and, 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 and keep us grounded, as it were, is laziness. The shackles are broken. We've experienced freedom here on the 5th of February. Praise the name of the Lord. And God is saying, get up and get going. And because of laziness, we don't, we don't move. We are sitting and waiting. And God is saying, what are you doing? He says, I'm waiting for a miracle. God says, you are the miracle. Go and happen. He says, oh, oh, I'm waiting for the miracle. God says, no, you are the miracle. Listen, if you have the grace of God and the power of God, which you do have, when you knock on a door and you knock on doors and it appears that the door is not opening, don't stand there. And wait. Break down the door. <laughs> listen. Listen. Um, ah. so, p- so people that understand you I let me mean, interpret this. You know, I'm sorry. You know, sometimes when I'm getting into some, you know, it's, just, I can only, I mean, you know, you know, how do they say it in English? I, do you, how you say that? Uh the pardon me okay (laughs) now I need help (laughs) bottom line bottom line if the elephant is moving and a grass says that you will not pass what's going to happen to the grass In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, every barrier to the fulfillment of your destinies will be crushed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Totally crushed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Sometimes it's laziness. We don't get up. We don't do what we ought to do. We don't get up. We don't engage as we ought to engage. The shackles are broken. Move. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes it's, it's just existing covenants. Existing covenants are things that sometimes we, no, we even have no contribution. Like I said, it was like a stream. You were born into that stream. And the stream has been flowing in your life. That existing covenant, those kind of things, attempt to hold down. But because you are here today, they will be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Curses attempts to hold down. You know, every time God wants to do something great, the enemy tries to place a curse. You know, like children of Israel, when they were moving from Egypt to Canaan, Balak got Balaam. Curse them for me. Curse them for me. And, and, and Balaam says that these people cannot be cursed. We are uncursable. Praise the name of the Lord. You are uncursable. Everyone that attempts to curse you will be drowned in his curse or a curse. Yes. In the name of Jesus. You cannot be cursed. Sometimes it's ignorance that keeps us grounded. Ignorance is a horrible thing. That's why you, you have to read. That's why you have to, you just have to read. You have to, you have to expand your mind. You have to learn. Ignorance is a terrible thing. There are things that I, I've been praying for, fasting for, trying to do, praying for, fasting for, trying to do. And God, by in His infinite mercy, just led me to the, just one information. And the information just solves all the problems. I'm like, "Chai, I've been fasting." You know, many times we are groping in darkness, and the reason is because we are ignorant. In fact, ignorance is darkness. Today, light will come into your situation. the The hunger for God's kind of wisdom and information and knowledge will flood your life. Sometimes, it's mental conditioning. So many things, mental conditioning. You know, like like we said, the the chains are broken. The shackles are gone. But because we've been mentally conditioned to a certain path, we don't get up and leave the cell. The, the, The jail has been broken. God has done the miraculous. God has done what only God can do. There was a time in the book of Acts that there was an earthquake. The chains were broken. The gates flung open. But all these prisoners sat down in the cell. Nobody got up. They were still there, including Paul and Silas. In the case of Peter, when God did what only he could do, Peter got up and left. I pray that you will get up and leave (laughs) in the name of Jesus You know, the story is told of of, of the monkey to demonstrate mental conditioning. They they put a monkey, usually, you know how monkeys can jump. They can jump high, climb trees, scale fences, and all that stuff. So they put this monkey in 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 a container, and there was a lid on top of the container. And the monkey tried to jump, and jump, it was a glass lid. So the monkey kept hitting his head. Probably the container was maybe five Five foot tall. High. And the monkey kept jumping. The monkey that can jump maybe 20 20 feet or something. Kept hitting his head. 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 head, head, After a while, they removed the lead. And the monkey jumped again. Guess how high he could jump? Five feet. He couldn't jump as... Five feet now. The the lid has been removed. The, the, the monkey is free. There's freedom, but the monkey was still caged in its mind. The monkey needed to arise. Every area you have been mentally limited. The mental limitation will crumble and you will overcome that limitation Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus Amen. and if you if you look at this situation of this woman she's had a limitation for 12 years but you know thank God for her she did not relent she did not relent she went from doctor To doctor, to doctor, to doctor, to the point at which she realized doctors could not help her. And she heard Jesus say, Jesus, where is he? And if you look at verse 25 of that text that we read, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding, and and this is so so crucial. How how long has she been subject to bleeding? Twelve years. If you go to verse 42, immediately the, the girl stood up and began to walk around and she was she was 12 years old the woman was subject to bleeding for how long the girl was how old so the moment there was joy in the house of Jairus there was sorrow in the life of this woman the moment life came into The house of Jairus. Life began to come out. And live the life. Of this woman. Sometimes. You see. It is a natural order of things. It's called the principle of exchanges. Things need to happen here so that something else needs to happen there. You know, they used to say that, I think it's from, from the western part of Nigeria, that if somebody's own does not become, another person's own cannot become And if you look at it, 12 years issue of blood, 12 year old girl, when joy was in the house of Jairus, sorrow began in our life. The exchanges of life are real. When the girl was born, she was losing life. When she stopped losing life, what happened to the girl? She died. When she stopped losing life, as she was healed, she died. They came and they said these were people that are totally unrelated. they came and they said oh don 't worry she 's already gone. The exchanges of life is a reality for the world it 's a reality for the world, and anyone that is not in Christ is subject to it. the exchanges of the world, the principle of exchanges is a reality in the world and everyone that is outside of Christ is subject is subject to it but it is a reality now listen up until Jesus shows up it is a reality until Jesus shows up now even till today it's still operating, don't get me wrong but when, you, when Jesus shows up in your life, boom it comes to an end. Why? John 10, 10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it how? More abundantly. Jesus is saying, I have not come to ration life. I have not come to substitute life. I have not come to take from here so that I can give here. I have come to give everyone more abundantly. Praise the name of the Lord. That's why he was saying to Martha. He said to Martha, Do you, "I mean, your brother is going to rise again." And that is in John eleven. And, and Martha said, "Oh, yeah, I know he's going to rise. Resurrection or the last day, he's going to rise." Jesus says, "Don't you understand? I am the resurrection, and I am the life. I am the resurrection and life." So when Jesus shows up in this situation, things changed. Things changed. So when they came to Jesus and they said, oh, don't worry, said to Giants, don't worry the master. Your daughter is already there. Jesus says, no, I can give life here and give life there and there will still be excess life. Praise the name of Allah. <laughs> Jesus is saying, there's no shortage of life with me. There's no rationing of life with me. There's no exchanges necessary with me. I don't need to destroy somebody's life to make another person's life better. I can make everybody's life better at the same time. And I will still have excess. Praise the name of the Lord. And it's so important because why that is possible is this. Jesus himself became the exchange for us. Jesus himself took our place in death so that we can have life. So that principle is still operational. But when you are in Christ, you have abundant life. It doesn't affect you anymore. It shouldn't. If it tries to affect you, you should stand up and you should resist it. He has no place in you. He has no power over you. So Jesus himself was became the lamb that was slain so that the abundant life of God can come to us. So every time they are making a sacrifice and they are trying to get your life or the life of your children the blood of Jesus will speak In the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus will say, pass over this one. This has been paid for. That's the beauty of being in Christ. The beauty of being in Christ. So, the exchanges took place already. I have taken your place in debt. If you you read Mark um, chapter 5. Verse 35, I mean, it, it says that while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from um, the house of Jairus, the, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead. They said, Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing this, Jesus told them, told him, Don't be afraid, only believe. Amazing. 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 Don't be afraid. Only believe. So, the the power sucked from here. Power left here 12 years ago and was here. So, 12 years after, power transferred and came here. Now, and and Jesus says, sorry, I have come to reverse all that. I've come to reverse all that. Only believe. You see, and that is the crux of the occult. That is the, 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 the power, or rather, the, 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 the mode of operation of the occult. The, that's how the occult world operates. They have to take one to substitute the other. You have to always do it to two. That's why when you see people that are advancing in the occult, the attitude of goats and cows become irrelevant. They now need, need to give life because they need to substitute this for that. After a while, the lives they've been giving becomes inadequate. They need to give a life of somebody that came from them. Then they need to substitute one From the other. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Anyone that tries your life in substitution will be buried. In the name of Jesus. That is the bane of the occult. So when Jesus came and he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He was changing everything. Everything was being changed. When he says, I am the sacrifice I am the only sacrifice that needs to speak on the altar of God. Everything was being changed. Everything totally was being changed. So, the occult world basically is a useless world. To operate in the occult means you are yet to come in contact with the real power. Jesus. Jesus power. (laughs) Jesus power. Aboni power. power, Powerless power. Power. Freemason power. Powerless power. (laughs) Listen. Listen. Any one of them, we dare them they will be buried yeah. in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Now, because <clears throat> I'll, is it when the Bible says that "My life is hid in Christ, in God." <laughs> it, it means that it means that they cannot be used for substitution. It cannot be used for exchanges. So it is it is a misnomer for your life to be hidden, Christ in God, and you are afraid of the occult. Something is wrong with that. You should come out and say, Where are they? are them. <laughs> and they that know their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. And I can stay on that really. Sometimes you read scripture, you don't know there are levels of what is happening under. I'm sure you've read that story several times. There are things that are going on. And God wants to lift you up. God is saying, You will arise today in the name of Jesus. Only believe. 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 You know, if you look at the story, there are things that lift up. We're going to run through them. We're going to pray, and if you need to be ministered to, that will happen. A few of the things that lift up. Number one, initiative. Amazing. Initiative lifts up. Jairus took initiative. Jairus took initiative. His daughter was sick. He took initiative. He went to look for Jesus. And he said to Jesus, in verse 25, he pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying Please come and put your hand on her so that she will be healed and live. That is taking initiative. But guess what? The woman also took initiative. The woman said, I may not be a big woman. I don't know a big man that can carry Jesus and bring Jesus into my house. (laughs) Verse 21. But she thought within herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. She took initiative. If you are going to arise, you have to take initiative. Don't sit down there for someone to tell you what to do. You have to take I can't hear you. You have to take initiative. You have to take the bull by the arm. They both took initiative. But you see, while Jairus was waiting, initiative, past initiative, while Jairus was waiting, oh yeah, God, let's go to my house, big man. Jesus says, yeah, Jesus obliges big man, do you know that? He does, you know, so he said, okay, let's go, and he was going, because that's the level of his faith, you know, come and lay your hands, and listen, if Jesus just spoke the word, it won't work, because that was what he felt would work. So God works on the level of your faith. Come and lay your hands. Okay, I will come and lay my. That same power that created the heavens and the earth was limited to time and space, distance and journeying and getting there and contact. Because the man said that is what I want you to do. Meanwhile, the lady says, "I, "I don't. I don't even need to see your face. You don't even need to lay." Touch me, again. Don't worry. All I need to do is what, and I will be all. <laughs> and she disrupted the old journey because she took initiative. Listen, the value you place on the things of God determines the virtue that will flow to you. It is you that determines what you get. It is the value you place on it that determines what flows. To you. Jesus, uh -uh, we have been, everybody has been, we have been rubbing shoulders here. That's what Peter said in another translation. Uh -uh, We have been rubbing shoulders here, not in many words. How can you say somebody touched you? We have been pushing you since morning. it's, It's the same Jesus. They've been pushing and rubbing and shrubbing and playing with and nothing happened to them. But a woman said, me, I may not be in the uh, inner circles. (laughs) All I need to do is just to touch the hem. And she was healed. And Jesus made a profound statement. He said, your faith has made you whole. Faith can operate without divine permission. I know, I know. It's a lot to take in. I know some of you theological giants. You're thinking, is that scriptural? But you just read it in scripture. Who did she take permission from? She said, "This is what I will do, and this is what will happen." And that was what she did, and that was what, what happened. A power left Jesus without Jesus permitting the power to go. It was after the power has gone that just said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, something left me." <laughs> Um, so so she, she took it without permission. You have to realize that many times you are waiting for God, but God is waiting for you. God is waiting for you. Oh well, I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for uh, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. So I don't cause trouble. Uh, I'm waiting for X to happen. You make X happen. You know, there are some things I can not say here because uh, you make X happen. So your freedom is here. The chains are broken. You get up and move. Take initiative. Take initiative. Get up and move. Take initiative. That's number one. Number two, things that lift up. Personal prophecy. Personal prophecy is so powerful. At the, at the last um, men's fellowship, we distributed personal prophecies for the men that they are speaking over their lives every day. I hope, I hope that is still happening. It is. You know, and amazing things obviously is going to break forth in their lives. In Jesus' name. And when amazing things break forth in the life of the man, what happens to our woman? <laughs> and the children. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Personal prophecy. In, in 20, verse 21 of Matthew 9. This is another um, um, uh, reference of the same story. It says, For she said within herself, If I may but touch the garment, I shall be made whole. She prophesied. She determined it, and she said, "This is what I will do, and this is what will happen." If you see, many times we wait for somebody to prophesy over us, but you see, you are your number one prophet. The number one prophet of your life is living inside your house. In fact, living inside your body. Because if you are going to arise, the words of your mouth must align with the desires of your heart. If your marriage is going to arise, if, if your health is going to arise, if your career, your finances are going to arise, the words of your mouth must be aligned with the desires of your heart. What are the desires of your heart and what are you saying? Are they aligned? What do you want to see? In that situation. And what are you saying? But you say, but Pastor, I was angry when I was speaking. Uh Uh-uh. What you say, you will get. Particularly when you're angry. You know, it's even sharpest when you're angry. What you say, you will. I mean, so you you have to say what you want to say. In Numbers 14.28, Numbers 14.28, this is God speaking to the Jews. He says, now tell them, Moses to tell the Jews, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you everything I heard you say. Everything I heard you say. And particularly, watch out what you say when you are under pressure. Watch out what you say. Why, why is it so powerful when you are under pressure? Because when you are under pressure, you are speaking from your, from your being, your innermost being. When your spouse has offended you the most, watch what you say. You will get it. When you are so irritated and you don't like that job, watch what you say because it will affect your finances. Watch what you say. So, so be a personal prophecy. When you are, when you are at the saddest point, everybody is rejoicing. Everybody is just hanging out with Jesus and the woman is flowing. She could have been bitter. Say, after all, after all the God will regain services, I'm still in this situation. This thing will kill her. If she had said so, she will die in it. But she said, no, I will touch the hem of his garment, and I will be made whole. And God said, as you have said, so shall it be. So, you know, the best ways, you know, they say they say the best way to create the future is to what? To, profet- to what? The best way to predict the future, rather, is to create it. And, I mean, it's a popular saying, and that is so true. You know? But you see, the first step in creation is prophetic declaration. You can't create anything you've not declared. You can't build any house you have not designed. You cannot build any engine that you have not said, this is what we are going to build. This is how it looks like. This, what do you think is happening? You are prophesying. This is how this house will look like. And you put it down in paper. You put it down in drawing. This is how this business is going to grow. This is our projection. This is, this is the break-even point. You are prophesying. That's the first step in creation. You know? You know, we used to pray that if God has put it in your heart, that He will put it in your hands. You know, and last week Rebecca was telling us that many things for us to lay hold on them with our hands. We have to receive them elsewhere in our in our spirit. But guess what? If you receive it in your spirit, before it comes to your hand, you have to speak it with your mouth. It's a bridge. You have to stick it with your mouth. So your mouth has to create it. Number three. Good company. Things that lift up, good company. One problem, you see, with us is that we keep bad company and we expect to turn out good. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You are the average of the three people you spend the most time with. You are the average of the three people you spend the most time with. You see, if, if, you, if you... And it's good to spend with, time with people that, are, um, that you are mentoring, that you are younger than you, that are low, lower than you. So it means that you have to spend more time with, with God and people that are higher than you because you are the average of the three people you spend the most time with. So bad company will definitely take you down. I take you to the bank, but you will not go down. Because you will change bank company today in the mighty name of Jesus. You see, one problem with bank company is that you know, wrong company, is it opposes the status quo. You know, the people were there were crying. They were, they were just upholding our debts. Jesus says, oh, she's just sleeping. What did they do? They began to laugh. Can you imagine that? The same people began to laugh. Why? They don't desire for her to be resurrected. It's not their business. They are there to mourn. They are professional mourners, a lot of them. They are there to maintain the status quo. So, he, and, and you need to get rid of and that's what Jesus did. He sent all of them out. He got rid of the bad crowd. He got rid of bad company. And he took a step further. Because it's not enough to get rid of bad company. You have to institute good company. Jesus brought in Peter, James, and John, the father and the mother of the child. Why? Because Peter, James, and John are his guys. These people are aligned with me. Father or mother want their child to live, right? Desire. So we, he brought in positive people that believe in the future of that child. Everything in your life is like a child that has a future. If you surround it with people that will keep it buried, it will remain buried. If you surround it with people, Jesus, Peter, James, John, the father and mother that believes in the future of the child, the child will resurrect. Regardless, it will. Number four. So number one is what? Number 2 Number 3 Number 4 instruction instruction Mark 5:36 Overhe- overhearing what they said Jesus told him don't be afraid just believe verse 41 he took her by the hand and said to her talitha Which means, little girl, I say to you, arise, get up. You see, Jesus gave the man an instruction. And Jesus gave the girl an instruction. But if the man has not obeyed his instruction, the girl will be unable to obey her instruction. If when Jesus had said to the father, don't be afraid, only believe, the man says, Whoa, well, it's too late. You have allowed this girl to distract you. You know, I know that you are ladies, you, Jesus. You know, it's something, you know, now I cannot. Do, 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 do. And he goes, The girl will not receive the instruction that will bring her back to life. Your instruction. From God is the key to your destiny. What has God told you to do? What has God told you to do? You must take instruction before your situation can take instructions. You yourself must take instruction before your situations can take instructions. The reason you are giving instructions to your situation and nothing is happening is because you have not taken instruction. Today, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, everything in your life we hear the voice of Jesus and we obey instruction. So you have to bow to Jesus before your problems will bow. You have to bow to Jesus before your problems will bow. You, yourself, have to lead the way. And many times, I mean, you can tell how far a person will go by how much... Can take instruction from God. You can tell how far somebody will go by how much they can take instructions. God says, Go straight, turn left. You say, God, but I can go straight and turn right and still turn left and turn left again. I'll still get there. But God says, What? Go straight and turn left. If you're going to fulfill your instructions, your destiny, you need to learn how to take instructions. God says, give me X. They say, God, you know that um, if you do the permutation, actually, I can give you X um, divided by this. Then in six months time, then I can do X divided by that. Then, you know, if you do the impossible, then I can now just do a multiple of X. and, And you will be the one that will win it at the end of the day. Do you understand God? Does that make sense to you? Can you understand my algorithm? (laughs) If you are going to fulfill your destiny, you have to know how to say yes, sir. You see, why? Because that is the that is when saying yes to God means you're saying yes to all the powers of heaven. You're saying you have your way, you do what you can do. I will take the back seat. You reasoning it out, you saying to God, you are not that smart after all. Let me show you the way I will get this thing sorted out. And that's, that's why we get into trouble. If God has said it, just do it. If God has said it, just, <laughs> again, I can tell you stories Upon stories, upon stories of my life. If God has said it, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. (laughs) There was a time I was I was driving a Porsche. You know what the Porsche car? you know you know, I I felt God say that (laughs) I need this. You need to go and sell it and give me the money. That was the last day I drove it. That's the last day. I gave it to, to a friend, someone in church. I, and she sold it, she has an anointing for selling cars. Was, yeah, take it too. They have asked for it. You know what a lot of us will do is that uh, you know, I have a wedding next week. After the word, let me drive it there first. Let them see. What are you doing? What are you doing? Someone said, eh, okay, if you want me to sell it, then you bring a buyer that will buy it at. You will say, it be you are God. Do the impossible. Did he tell you that? He said, give it. He said, give it. I packed it. End of story. Say, but God, you know, my, my status, I should be driving uh, cars like that. Who says, wh- who says you won't even drive a bigger one? Just obey. I packed the car and I, and I gave it out. No, I sold it actually. I didn't give it out. And I gave the money to God. Glory be to God. <laughs> the, 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 the point is this. I can predict your future, but how much you will obey God? Some people, when God is blessing them with um, small, small change, they tithe. God increases it. They tide, it enters some range. They say, God, you know this tight thing. How do we do it? Is it t- is it actually ten percent, or is it ten uh, percent after I have turned it over? Is it 10% now and 10% tomorrow? Then your brain begins to work. I can predict your future by your obedience to God. Very simple. You don't need to be a prophet. God said to the girl, get up. She could get up because her father aligned. If the father did not align, the girl will remain dead. There are things in your life that are waiting. Today, you will obey God. Say amen. Amen. And you will arise. Number five, finally, things that lift up a helping hand. You see, sometimes we've taken initiative, personal prophecy, good company, we've obeyed instructions. But we still need a helping hand. We still need assistance. We still need something to lift us up. In verse 41, Jesus took her by the hand and said, "Talita kum, which means little girl I say unto you, arise. And immediately she stood up and began to walk. You will receive help from above today. God will send you a helping hand. And immediately you will arise. In, in Acts chapter 3, verse 6, from verse 6, Acts 3, from verse 6 says, But Peter said, this is a man begging by the beautiful gate for money. Peter said, silver and gold, I have none. I don't have silver and gold to give you. But I have something to give you. But I will give you what I have. You know, and the man was expectant. The Bible says that he looked, he fastened his eyes onto them with the expectation that eh, they see something better than the This guy has <laughs> maybe it's ruby or diamond. He says, "What I have, I will give you." And he, as he was expecting, Peter said to him, "In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up, arise, and walk." And while Jesus, while Peter made that statement, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, arise, get up and walk. Listen, in the spirit realm, immediately, his shackles were broken. The chains were broken. But the man was still sitting down. The man was still sitting down. And Jesus, and uh, Peter looked at him. I said, oh God, I've told you to get up. <laughs> you can't tell me to a false prophet. I said, get up and walk. You don't want to get up and walk. Eh? You don't want to get up and walk. He, he took him by the hand. He took the lever by the hand right and helped him up. And after Jesus says, he jacked him up. He pulled him up. He needed help. He needed a helping hand. He pulled him up. He helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed in the physical and strengthened. And he jumped up. He stood on his feet and he began to walk then walking and leaping and praising God. In the name of Jesus, by the time you begin to walk, you'll be jumping, you'll be leaping, you'll be praising your God in God's house. Praise the name of the Lord. So we're going to pray. Today is the day of action. Everybody say action. (laughs) And before we pray, And minister. You see, the exchanges of life are real. Anyone that is not in Christ is subject to it. If you are in this place, you are not in Christ. Or you used to be born again, you are backslidden. You are like, oh, I need to come back to God. Yes, you need to. And today is your day to come back. If you have never given your life to Jesus, there is no day like this. Why? Because you have to bow before your problem bows. You have to bow to Jesus before that problem can be destroyed by Jesus. So let's burn our hearts and to burn our heads. And say, Pastor, that is me. Pray with me. Do I need to come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I want to pray with you. Jesus is there you need to signify, that is me, pray with me put up your hand now, wherever you are seated over your head, God bless you put up, your hand, put up your hand well, God bless you, over your head shoot it up, shoot it up, God bless you keep the hands up, keep the hands up over your head, that is me not scratching your head, over your head, that is me that is me, pastor pray with me I'm far from God, I want to be close to God if you are online instructions are scrolling that is me pray with me, put it up, over your head quickly, quickly, that is me I'm far from Jesus. I need to come back to Jesus. I'm far from God. I need to come back to God. You have to bow before the problems will bow. The rest of us, let's talk to God. And let's just say to God, and reaffirm our loyalty to Jesus. And let's just say, Lord, you are my king. You are my Lord. You are my God. I have no order but you. I have no order but you. I have no order but you. Today, I declare that you are my king, I declare that you are my God. For some of us, it's an instruction that is hanging that we are yet to comply with, or align, or do. Don't harden your heart to God. Today, if you hear his voice, you obey. If you hear his voice, you obey. Why don't you talk to God? What has God told you to do? What has God told you to do? Oh, Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed.